Heavenly Father, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit and direct especially what I say. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our Savior and Redeemer, send the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we have seen again righteousness by faith in the past, present, and future. Again, this morning we talk about the present and the near future, what we have to expect. And how will it be? Uh, you know, yesterday evening we revealed that the Lord has a special plan with his three angels' messages for the Adventist church. It's a plan that will lead men and women to be prepared, to be ready. Not in 1844 when they were not ready, but because of the light that the Lord has given, we have been filled more and more with the Holy Spirit, and we discern the moving of the Spirit, and we like to walk in harmony with the Spirit. Now, the next two events I will address today, and we have to realize that presently we are in probation. I don't know how many of us realize this. How many of our church members realize probation? The Spirit of the Lord and Child Guidance 555 says, Our time is precious. We have a few or very few days of probation in which to make ready for the future immortal life. So let's go to the dictionary. What does the dictionary tell us? Now, many interesting definitions, but there's one that stands out here. The probation is the process of testing or observing the character or abilities of a person in a certain role. Remember? You've been called to be holy. Not only that, but we have been called to be a child of God, part of the, through the adoption, part of the family of God. And what are we now doing? As God is holy, so we are holy. How does God's holiness reveal in a tremendous concern for souls? He even asked, or he even accepted the offer of his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Incredible. And with this incredible offer, what is our response, friends? If God did so much for us, what are the free fruits in our lives? How to use the time of probation. Many are deceiving themselves by thinking that the character will be transformed at the coming of Christ. But there will be no conversion of heart at his appearance. Our defects of character must here be repented of and through the grace of Christ, we must overcome them while probation lasts. This is the place for fitting up for the family above. Adventist Home 319. It's a time for overcoming. And seven times in the book of Revelation, the Lord impresses us. He overcomes, overcomes, overcomes. And those who don't overcome, you want to read it? Chapter 19, chapter 19, 
and burning hell. Yes. You know, think also, I mean, you know, and this is something that, and Jesus Christ looks over the multitude. How did it affect his heart? He was moved with what? Compassion. When I see the multitude in New York City, in Los Angeles, Rome, Berlin, Paris, even on the Sabbath, everything busy, 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 busy. And I moved with compassion. I said, Lord, how can we read those? And if the Lord impresses me with the right literature, I do a little of this, but, but how little can we do? Purpose of probation. All are accountable for their actions while in this world upon probation. All have power to control their actions if they will. You know, that is the important that we need to know about the power, the power of the gospel. If they are weak in virtue and purity of thoughts and acts, they can obtain help from the friend of the helpless. Jesus is acquainted with all the weaknesses of human nature. And if entreated, will give strength to overcome the most powerful temptation. See, isn't it something? They will give strength to the addict and those who are slaves of their passions. All can obtain this strength if they seek it in humility. You know, this is the mind of Christ. Child Guidance 466. <clears throat> All can obtain help to overcome. Probation for what? No one should rest content unless he has what? The mind of Christ. So if you don't have the mind of Christ, you should not be content at all. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. Those who truly accept him are covered with the rope of his righteousness. What do you say? By eating his flesh, drinking his blood, they become particles of his divine nature. The blood of Christ washes away their sins. And they become true branches of the living vine. Letter 135, 1897. And so then, what you see then on the vine, the fruit of righteousness by faith. The fruit of the message of sanctification. Because we cannot resist anymore. We cannot hold back. I said, Lord, here I am. Use me. Till my last drop of blood. Effect of not having the mind of Christ. So before I deal with a positive thing, let us now look here. If you don't have it, and see how it works for you, or your church, or your family. They have not the mind of Christ. And would be a hindrance to the prosperity of any church with which they come in contact. See? Whatever they are, they will be a hindrance 
Do you have people in your church that are hindrance to the prosperity? What about in your own family? Or maybe you may be an obstacle. Look for another job. They cannot be laborers together with God unless they seek the meekness and live the humble life of Christ. Second Timothy, second Philippians, second chapter. Manuscript 38, 1895. <clears throat> the fact of not having the mind of Christ, unless their consciences are enlightened and they have the mind of Christ, they will always be dissatisfied. Those are not the content people. They will be dissatisfied. Christ spent his life in doing good. And how did he do it? Just where he saw good to be done, within the sphere where he lived, to those objects within his search, reach. He turned around. Where can I do good? Constantly, constantly. Yes, you may say yes, that is beautiful. We have community services. Great. Are you helping there? Yeah. It's a, it's a place of interaction with the community. At the church where I am, they closed the community services just two years ago because the renovations cost quite a bit of money and they rather like to extend the church instead of getting involved. So, you know, as a new believer there, I have to tiptoe and pray. Manuscript 60 or 80, 90, 60, 1996. And so, friends, the attributes clearly defined by Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, if cherished, bring to the weaker, the worker, peace and joy. But if we do not cherish the Spirit of Christ, we are none of His. If we have not the mind of Christ, we cannot do His will. Now, this is a very important thing. How many people say, you know, we can't do it? God's biddings are too high. It's ideal. And we do the best we can. You see, that is what the early Christians also, some of the early Christian writers, you know, and, and, and one of them is the Didache, and it was the doctrine of baptism. And you, that is how you baptize. But if you don't, can't do it, then you sprinkle. You know, do the best you can. Don't, don't be that fanatic. Don't be that legalistic. But here, friends, if we have not the mind of Christ, we cannot do his will. Letter 55, 1897. So first of all, you are a hindrance to the church. Secondly, you are dissatisfied. Thirdly, here also, cannot do his will. And what are now the reasons for not having the mind of Christ? This is written to students who want to work for the Lord. See advices in manuscript 22, 1895. All unnecessary matters need to be weeded from the course of study. And only such studies are placed before students as will be of real value to them. 
And as they learn of these, their minds will strengthen and expand as did the mind of Christ and John. What was it that made John so great? He closed his mind to the mass of tradition taught by the teachers of the Jewish nation, opening it to the wisdom which cometh down from above. And a course starts, the beginning of a semester. Look at the books that are assigned to students. And I was very ignorant when I came to the seminary. That was a few months, moons ago, in 1967. And there I wanted to know what really is the heart of Adventism. But there, Bonhoeffer, Bultmann, you know, Jorgen Moultmann, all those things. And said, I said, you know, they are not Adventists. No, 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 no. You want to be prepared how to meet those people. Uh -huh, interesting. But I need to know what Adventism believes. You should have headed to college. And we didn't. But you know, this is very interesting. You know, and I can see the honest attention that we should be aware of this. But it should be taught. Not saying, okay, now you read this book and leave you hanging. No. What is the problem with this guy? What is the problem with movement? See? No matter what, that is what we should have had. But I didn't hold, and I hope that things have changed in the seminary and in our colleges and whatever. Simply look at all the material that they had. You know, it's interesting, one of my forte is, is, is history. And, um, you know, when I went to our schools, college and Andrews and whatever, I learned a lot about all the historical things and the battles and the fights and whatever and the arguments. And it was interesting. But then when I read the book of education, it shows that history should be taught in the light of Bible prophecy. Amen. And so when I came to the seminary, I decided to look for the best books that showed me in prophecy. And the, the best book that I found was Prophetic Faith of Our Fathers by Froome. And all of my classes in history, the history of the Christian church, you started Revelation 12. The 1,200 years. You take the trumpets, the battles, that were going on. God's judgments on an apostate Christianity. How did it work out? So all those classes then, Revelation 11. No, I mean Daniel 11. Daniel 12. What is the significance of 508? And you, know, and you can spend a whole semester on those things. But then you give students evangelistic material in their hands. That said, okay, that is now the meaning of history. The great controversy. And that has been a, 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 an inspiration for me, for those tours. People say, don't you get tired of it? You, know, you have done it now for 30 years. I said, you know, every time I discover something new. And then when I was see the effect of the teaching on the students, the ministers, the evangelists, that is my satisfaction. They have a new perspective and are full 
with evangelistic ammunition. See? Therefore, I'm never getting satisfied. And I think I will die by giving those tours. I get a heart attack. See? I have to be very careful with that. <laughs> you know? My wife, oh no, let me know. But she does a lot of praying because I had certain episodes that were not the best for me when I was making presentations. So every time she said, Oh, I'm so glad that you come back. <laughs> why, do you go, why do you go? I said, You know, the Lord pushes me in a direction. Are you sure? Are you sure? I said, Okay, you pray. You pray. Manuscript 22, 1995. Reasons for not living in the mind of Christ. It is a privilege and a duty of every professed follower of Christ to have the mind of Christ. Without self-denial and cross-bearing, we cannot be his disciples. Letter 21, 1894. I take a number of those things and, and you can apply it as you want, and seeing how it fits you, your wife, your children, your life, and especially the church. But everything you do should be a means to enrich your people. And so now, the positive thing, how to obtain the mind of Christ. Individual conversion means a change of character. The human agent must place himself in personal relation to Christ. That in place of following his own hereditary and cultivated tendencies, he may have the mind of Christ. Placing himself under the molding influence of the Holy Spirit. Manuscript 38, 1897. See, all those things are after the events of 1888. What are the molding influences? Yesterday we talked about the moving of the Spirit. Do we recognize those? And only if you call upon the Lord and call upon them to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But this is the case. An individual conversion means a change of character. Oh, how much we all need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then we shall always work with the mind of Christ. And here it is defined. How does the mind of Christ work? With kindness, compassion, and sympathy, showing love for the sinner while hating sin with a perfect hatred. Manuscript 8, A, 1888. Have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. When I studied this subject many years ago, I was wondering, I said, have I had this? How do I get it? And I have a long prayer list. And I entered a new entry. Daily baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, I started to daily pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, unless you don't make it a perfect, important element in your daily life, you go through life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, the 
the corollary is that you don't have the mind of Christ. Ever, we have to keep in mind the solemn thought of the Lord's soon return. And in view of this, to recognize the individual work to be done. Through the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are to resist natural inclinations and tendencies to wrong, and without the life, every unchristlike element. Thus we shall prepare our hearts for the reception of God's blessings, which will impart to us grace and bring us into harmony with the faith of Jesus. For this work of preparation, great advantages have been granted to his people in the light bestowed. The messages of warning and instruction sent through the agency of the Spirit of God. In heavenly places, three, four, seven. Here is this work that is allowed, that we have to resist. And don't call resisting right, you know, uh, legalism. Because if you don't resist, the devil will not flee. Christ's last warning of message of mercy before the close of probation. And that is what we're heading to. Are our churches prepared for this last warning of mercy? It's the purifying work of the Holy Spirit in the latter reign of Revelation 18. And that will be fantastic because the whole world will be enlightened. And I took classes in mission, they showed me the impossibility and the difficulty how to reach the whole world because the births are expanding much more than the growth of the church. How are we going to do it? And I have heard in my life enough of the impossibilities. But I believe not those impossibilities. Because if you study the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy about Revelation 18.1, you can see here that the people that are involved in the latter reign are open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And the mighty way they're being used. And what now seemed impossible becomes possible. Christ's final invitation for the second advent. But near the close of earth harvest, a special bestowal of spiritual grace is promised to prepare the church for the coming of the Son of Man. This outpouring of the Spirit is likened to the falling of the latter rain. Acts of the Apostles, page 55. In fact, uh, the servant of the Lord indicates, if those who have done quite a bit of study in 1844, about the midnight cry, the true midnight cry that came in the summer of 1844, and what that did. And as a result, our literature was scattered all over the world. The lettering experience will be ten times greater. See? That's my hope. So no matter what people say, the impossibility, nothing. Oh yeah, evangelism doesn't work here. The work on, on doors, our community is not open for it. And yet, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are growing in leap and bounds. They know that after every home, so many homes, there are receptive souls. If we have that mentality, friends, we find souls too. Purpose of the letter A. It prepares for the time of trouble. 
It is the latter rain which revives and strengthens them, God's people, to pass through the time of trouble. Review and Herald, May 27, 1862. See, it is a preparation for the difficult times. But the question is, are our people prepared? You know, towards the end, there will be two groups of Adventists develop. And one group, by droves, they may leave the church. But the good news is that tribes will come in. See? There are many people. And if you read especially the last warning during 1843-1844, when our message was rejected, what happened then? She says, many God-fearing people in the churches look in vain for the image of Christ represented in the churches. They don't find it. Is our church then the instrument that attracts them? That when they visit the Adventist church, they say, this church, what a loving, wonderful church that the love of Christ exude from their people. Friends, is this it? Actually, as a pastor, you know, you, you visit a number of churches. It's really amazing how many churches are not warm and says, come on, you know, who are you? Because they don't know me. And they introduce me. No, not too many. Not too many. And some people, churches don't do it even at all. Yes. It fits persons for the letter rain and translation. Those who come up to every point and sense every text and overcome. Be the price that it may be, have heeded the counsel of the true witness. And they will receive the letter rain and thus be fitted up for translation. Testimonies, volume 1, page 187. Wonderful, wonderful counselor. You see? Are you preparing your churches for the letter rain? Or was it the last sermon? Was it about a year ago, two years ago? You know? Does it need to be a visiting pastor that touches this subject? You know, we have been, the, the previous quinquennial, we had a lot of emphasis on what? On the letter rain. Praying for the letter rain, and that is excellent. There's only half of the work. Because you can pray and pray and pray your dead in the face. But are you preparing for the letter rain? And praying is only one factor in the coming of letter rain. If the people are not ready, the letter rain will not come. How to be a part of the letter rain? The third angel's message is swelling into a loud cry. And you must not feel at liberty to neglect the present duty. And still entertain the idea that at some future time, you will be recipients of grace, great blessings, when without any effort on your part, a wonderful revival will take place. Today, you are to have your vessels purified, that it may be ready for the heavenly dew, ready for the showers of the latter rain, for the latter rain will come. The blessing of the Lord of God will fill every soul 
Every Adventist that is purified from every defilement. Evangelism, page 701. And if the heart is not purified, if you are not purified through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit cannot work because all the impurities are obstacles to a fulfillment of this promise. Yes, friends, you, God is working to give you great blessings, but are you co-workers with the Lord? That's the question. Invitation for baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is your, our work to yield our souls to Christ that we may be fitted for the time of the refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Filled for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Evangelism says 701. And you know, the good news is that the filling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit can be a daily experience. Don't leave your house without asking and committing your will to the Lord and call upon the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You believe that? See, and so therefore, friends, from now on, you cannot anymore leave your house without calling upon it. If you're not familiar with it, you get used to it. You get used to it. Walk with the Lord. Enoch didn't walk immediately, you know, from birth, but through his experience, he gained a tremendous confidence with the Lord. Close of probation. And nobody knows when that will take place. No one. How close we are, we don't know. If we had known, we may have done different things. Daniel 12, verse 1. The situation at the close of probation. Remember Daniel 11, beautiful chapter, shows the, in the time of the end, the battle between the king of the north and the king of the south. The king of the north wins and conquers country after country, system after six system. And finally, it places its tent or tabernacle between the seas, the people of the world, facing Mount Zion, God's people, in a final frontal attack. That is the close of probation. Christ then had finished the antitypical high priestly work as mediator in the heavenly sanctuary. There's no more forgiveness and atonement for sin. Why not? The sanctuary service is finished. Without understanding the sanctuary service, you don't, this, this, this makes sense. God's wrath is now to be poured out on the wicked in the seven last plagues. They are terrible. And why are they so terrible? Because the last generation of wicked legalized the genocide of God's people. And because of that, Death decree. Now they will suffer and suffer and suffer. So no more forgiveness or atonement for sin. How can humans survive in the time of trouble? Who is able to stand in the day of the Lord? Only those who receive the seal of the living God in their forehead will be protected. When Christ finishes his atoning ministry, at that time, Spirit of Prophecy says, shall Michael, Christ, send up the great priest, prince which standeth for the children of thy people. 
And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found, written in the book, Daniel 12, verse 1. Have you lately preached on the importance of having your name in the book of life? Yeah. Among the early pioneers, that was very important. Yeah. Is your name written in the book? I haven't heard that sermon for a long, long, long time on the subject. But yet, you know, each one of us should ask, you know, presently, is my name written in the book of life? Every church member. And then show the conditions what it will be to be written in the book of life. When those early Christians were exiled to the mountains and deserts, when left in dungeons to die with hunger, cold, and torture, when martyrdom seemed the only way out of their distress, they rejoiced. Can you imagine? They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ, who was crucified for them. Their worthy example will be a comfort and an encouragement to the people of God who will be brought into the time of trouble such as never was. Christian Experiences and Views, page 188. Here you see the school of the barbs in the Waldensian valleys. And the grass was red from the crimson blood. And not only that, but here, the Mamertine prison in Rome, the traditional place where Peter and Paul spent their last days. You see, and what they went through it and their suffering. Their example will be a comfort and encouragement. And that is what we do on our tours constantly. We show the example of their faith, their struggle, their sacrifice. And how their sacrifice are examples for us to be strengthened. You know, there was one conference here in the United States, in the West Coast. And the president went on one of our tours. And he was so impressed, he says, all my ministers should go on it. They made a budget, and every year they sent 20 ministers. 20 ministers. 20 ministers. For four or five years, they covered all their ministers, and then they started on their schools. Elementary, secondary, and all those teachers had to prepare. The ministers had to prepare evangelistic series. And his name was John Freeman. And he says, you know, the reason why I spent so much money is because I saw the result of this experience. It changed my ministers to a better evangelist. And that's what we did. So, friends, those people rejoiced. When Michael shall stand up, when our high priest has finished his work in the sanctuary, he will stand up and put on the garments of vengeance. Then the seven last plagues will be poured out. Early writings, page 36. Now, without a mediator, it's a concept that many of us don't like because we always like mediation. But a mediator only necess necessary for believers who are still sinning. And this has nothing to do with unknown sins. No, known sins. 
And so since all cases have been decided, either person has overcome their sins and received the seal of the living God, or their sins will overcome them and they will receive the mark of the beast. You know? Sometimes those things need to be plainly explained to our members. And they have to be thinking about it. What does that mean for you? Are you preparing for this? Don't answer. Next week. Repeat it again. And if there are some people that say, yes, have them come forward, be a part of the sermon, and let them give you a testimony of what this did to their lives. And then the angels let go the four winds of strife. Without an intercessor, when he, Jesus, leaves the sanctuary, darkness covers the inhabitants of the earth. In that fearful time, the righteous must live in the sight of a holy God without an intercessor. Great Controversy 6.14 There will no need of an intercessor because all are sealed. But we will always need Jesus. His faith and His grace to resist Satan's temptations until the second advent. Grace will not be taken away. The faith of Jesus will not be taken away. The Holy Spirit is still working here. And if you understand your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is a tranquilizing effect on your fearful expectation for the future. As Satan accuses the people of God on account of their sins, the Lord permits him to try them to the uttermost. Their confidence in God, their faith and firmness will be severely tested. As they review the past, their hopes sink. For in their whole lives they can see little good. They are fully conscious of their weaknesses and unworthiness. And now Satan endeavors to terrify them with the thought that their cases are hopeless. The stain of their defilement will never be washed away. He hopes so to destroy their faith that they will yield to temptation, his temptations and turn from their allegiance to God. Great Controversy 6.18 He is the accuser and he will do it to the last minute. Of course, he realizes that we don't have a holy nature but still a sinful nature. And so the pulls of that sinful nature, friends, will be until the moment of translation. But you will still will have this fight till the very end. But you will be a victor through the grace of Christ. They afflict their souls before God, pointing to their past repentance, because they repent of their many sins, and pleading the Savior's promise, let him take hold of my strength, that I may make peace with me. And he shall make peace with me. Isaiah 27, 5. Their faith does not fail because their prayers are not answered immediately. Through suffering, though suffering the keenest anxiety, terror and distress, they do not cease their intercessions. They lay hold of the strength of God as Jacob laid hold of the angel. And the language of their souls is, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. 
Great controversy 6.19. Here it is. There's still the hands there. The Holy Spirit and the grace. The sins have gone away to judgment. So in the time of trouble, if the people of God had unconfessed sins to appear before them while tortured with fear and anguish, they would be overwhelmed with despair. Despair would cut off their faith. And they could not have the confidence to plead with God for deliverance. If you have unconfessed sins, but while they have a deep sense of their unworthiness, they have no concealed wrongs to reveal. Their sins have gone before them to judgment. Timothy 5.24 And they have been blotted out. And they cannot bring them to remembrance. See, that is the key. They think, they think, they think. They see their past life, their weaknesses, but they cannot anymore think of any sins. Great controversy 6.20. Too late for those who believe this. Satan let many believe, not a few, many believe that God will overlook their unfaithfulness in minor matters of life. But the Lord shows in his dealings with Jacob that he will in no wise sanction or tolerate evil. All who endeavor to excuse or conceal their sins and permit them to remain upon the books of heaven, unconfessed and unforgiven, will be overcome by Satan. It's tragic. Those who delay a preparation for the day of God cannot obtain it in the time of trouble. And at any subsequent time, the cases of such is hopeless. Great controversy 620. Now here is the discussion that is going on in our church. Can the last generation live through the time of trouble without sinning? I've carefully in, analyzed all the arguments and all the books that have been written against this view. And it is very, very sad. But what a number of those books put on, they put on straw men. They create a caricature of those who believe this message. That's what they do. And then they battle and they knock that straw man. But friends, they may have been disappointed in the testimony of some that believe this. But the message is beautiful because it is all grace in Christ. And it is nothing with self-righteousness. And so, uh, <clears throat> I have been very disappointed about those books that seemingly the best presentation of our scholarship. And it is the poorest. The poorest of it all. And here are some of the arguments <clears throat> Will sin be removed during the time of trouble? Some who think that believers will still sin till the second advent point to Ellen White's statement of their experience during the time of trouble. That it is needful for them to be placed in the furnace of fire, that earthliness must be consumed, that the image of Christ may be perfectly be reflected. Great Controversy 6.21. So this is one of the arguments. Because of the earthliness, they are not perfect, they're still sinning, 
And through the time of trouble, they will give this up. Now, is this the correct interpretation of the, of the sentence? Will sin be remedied, removed during the time of trouble? This, they think, means that believers are still in need of God's atoning grace. But atonement is only in the sanctuary. And if Christ has left the sanctuary, how can he then go back and quickly take care of those things? To remove their earthliness that prevents them from reflecting the image of Christ perfectly. Reply, this earthliness is associated with the pool of their sinful natures. It cannot be sins, since sins must be repeated, repented for during the pre-death and judgment, to be forgiven, or they will extinguish faith. But it is the pool of sinful nature, and it will continue until the very end, and some will have a greater problem with it than others. But those people that have this struggle will not consciously continue to sin. Hope for a special class of believers. The context of the statement shows that Ellen White deals here with a special class of believers who have been delivered and tempted and betrayed into sin, but who have returned to him with repentance before the close of probation. Through their memory of past sins, Satan seeks to destroy this class, but... God will send his angels to comfort and protect them in the time of peril. Great controversy 6.28. Isn't that marvelous? That in spite of their weaknesses, God sends powerful angels to help them. And you know, depending, if you come out of Babylon, you have frequently a much greater struggle than if you grow in a lovely Adventist home. And I know that by experience, I wish I had grown up in an Adventist family. But thanks to God, he got me before it was too late. And when I was moved and see my friends in the school of aeronautics going their way, I wanted to reach them, share them, share them pamphlets and books. And they laughed and said, Darmstick, you have changed. If there's any more Darmstick, did we know. And so they laughed, and they thought I was ready for a mental hospital. I was brainwashed. Yes, I was, by the Bible. Bible. There's nothing better to be brainwashed by the Bible. And so, the role of faith in the time of trouble? Note, sin have been sent before in judgment, and they are atoned for. But during the time of trouble, without a mediator, it is one's faith and total dependence on God that is tried and strengthened. Even Jesus on the cross could not see his father's face. But by faith knew his father was there. He too depended on the promises. Truly faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Help for those who exercise little faith today. And I hope that there are very few in your church that fall into this category. Those who exercise but little faith now will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish in the time of trouble because they have never made it a habit to trust in God. 
The lessons of faith, which they have neglected, they will be forced to learn under a terrible pressure of discouragement. Great controversy 622. Uh, do our sinful natures prevent victory over sin until the second advent? Some quote Ellen White, as he says, the closer we come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes. Bible Echo, December 1, 1892. There seems no physically possible reply, although the, we appear to me faulty in our own eyes. It does not mean that we are still committing sin. Instead, we are per- perceiving our weaknesses more clearly and sense our need of Christ's strength and the faith of Jesus. So that is fortunate for those people. Context of Elamite, there is still hope for these believers to survive the time of trouble so that they will be able to progress to reflecting the image of Christ perfectly. However, during this progression, they will not continue to sin. They have to fight temptation and the craving of the sinful carnal nature, but they will be overcomers through the faith of Jesus and not commit sins. Keep in mind, having a sinful nature is not a sin, nor do we have to sin. That's the good news, friends. And so there's an appeal here. As Christ gave his life on the cross for my sins, I would like to surrender my life to him and ask for the mind of Christ. Is this your desire? May you see your hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.